What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Fun show we have for you today. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and a slightly irresponsible Heath Cummings, who he knew he had he knew he had shows this week, and he screamed his head off all weekend and lost his voice. So, I mean, how often does your team make it to the Elite Eight and have a chance to go to the Final Four? I had to will them to victory in the second half of that game. Way to go. Um, the slap heard round the world. <laughs> All Miami did was build a six-point lead in the first half, and they just got absolutely obliterated for it. It was unfair. Yeah. It was not really a fair response, considering like what they did. Will Smith came out at halftime and just slapped the, the Hurricanes across the mouth, for sure. Congratulations to Heath, whose team is on to the Final Four, but promises to be one of the best Final Fours we've ever seen, says I. Uh, at least, uh, you know, Blue Blood storyline, all that stuff. But... Also, Heath was coaching some some basketball this weekend. His kids did very well. He did very well. Congratulations. Great weekend for Heath. And fun weekend for Dave and Jamie as they were at the owners, owners meetings. But guys, uh, our topic today is wide receivers with year two quarterbacks. And this could be a big year for year two quarterbacks. We had six of them who were relevant last year. Well, I guess, I mean, Trey Lance really wasn't. But six of them who are relevant now. And uh, you know, don't forget about Davis Mills. He was really good last year. So Brandon Cooks is obviously going to be on this list. You guys are going to give your top ten wide receivers with a year two quarterback. Can you though? Can you give me one that could uh, surprise us? Could be one of the top ten, but one that you think isn't really on radars right now that could uh, could surprise us a little bit. Heath, you want to go first? No, I want Dave to go first. Dave, you want to go first? <laughs> Go I was looking at the uh, yeah, bracket standings to see if I was uh, doing the best in, in the bracket challenge, and I wasn't listening to you at all. I'm sure you are, by the way. And and you're asking for a quarterback or a receiver here? No, a receiver. <laughs> a receiver who could... Uh, you're a receiver with a year two quarterback who could surprise us. So what are we looking at? We're looking at the Jets, the yeah, 49ers, sure. the Bears, the Texans, the Patriots... And the, who am I missing? Jaguars. I mean, like, I'll go first. The obvious answer to this one is Brandon Cooks because he surprises us every year. He gets drafted in the sixth or seventh round and he finishes as a top 15 wide receiver. And so supposedly that will be surprising. I think he went in the eighth round of today's dynasty startup mock. Um. So, yeah, if Davis Mills, let's say hypothetically, I think the way we look at guys like Davis Mills and Mac Jones is they were, you know, they were almost average as passers. 
last year. They won't have the same type of second-year jump that the truly terrible passers, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, those guys will have. Davis Mills and, and Mac Jones are already what they've been. Well, what if they improve and they're actually good quarterbacks? And Brandon Cooks keeps a 28 to 30% target share that he had in Houston because they don't add anybody else to the passing game. He could be a top 10 wide receiver. What do you have ranked? I feel like he is number 16 in the rankings, number eight in the projections. Wow. So you've got him projected to be a top 10 guy. That's interesting. Could you make the same case for Darnell Mooney in Chicago, getting a lot of target volume, being the number one guy? Saw him get peppered with targets when it was Andy Dalton, but still saw good metrics with Justin Fields there. Fields preferring to throw a little bit deeper, and that's where Mooney was last year. And maybe Mooney could take a step forward. I know Chicago brought in Byron Pringle. I don't think Pringle's going to become the number one guy there. I don't think Cole Komet's going to command a ton of targets. I think Mooney's in a really good spot. I'm just a little nervous about that offense in general. And, and Justin Fields taking a big step forward. I think there will be other quarterbacks in the draft class that take bigger second-year steps than Justin Fields. Fields can still be good, but I don't think he's going to be so good that he turns Darnell Mooney into uh, a guy that Heathwa projected as a top 16 receiver or a top 10 receiver while he's ranked in the top 20. Yeah, Mooney, Cooks, we'll get into all these guys and some of the specifics, but you know, when, when Allen Robinson got hurt, Mooney really took off. Unfortunately, a lot of it was with Andy Dalton. He had sure was. only, I think, two games that he played with Justin Fields and without Allen Robinson. And I do believe, that, yeah, Justin Fields actually left one of those games early. And then, he had, that was the Baltimore game. And then Dalton came in and threw like 12 times or something, 11 times to Mooney in the second half, and Mooney had a huge game. But, uh, yeah, so we'll get into all those guys. But this is really... An area where you could have just a huge value pick. By the way, on NFC ADP right now, Brandon Cooks and Darnell Mooney are back-to-back at wide receiver. They're going about 70th overall. They're wide receivers 28 and 29. Boy, that is really weird that Brandon Cooks would be at the end of the sixth round after a year like he had last year. Hmm. I don't know what... I don't know what... Yogi Yogi Berra quote? It's deja vu all over again? Yeah, I don't know what, what is holding people back. Why would he be? He had. There were like three years ago when he had three concussions in the same season, and from that point forward, I I had a rant about this on Twitter this morning because someone had made a Brandon Cooks injury joke, and it was they were making a different joke than I thought they were. But since 2015, there are two wide receivers who have played in more football games than Brandon Cooks. But he is viewed as fragile and as having an injury problem because he had a season with multiple concussions. I don't know whether that's fair or not. Cooks last year was both per game and full season, 16th or 17th, depending on the format. I don't know. What do you think his upside is? I know he's per game. Yeah. Man, I don't know. (laughs) That's because he saw last year something that he really like he saw a bigger target share last year than he really ever has he was a guy who would finish in that 10 to 15 10 to 18 range at 118 120 targets over 16 games um last year he had 134 targets it the only other season he was close to that was his second season when he was in new orleans and he had 129 um, and he wasn't as efficient as he's ever been because he had a worse quarterback. 
Last year, it was more about the number of catches that he had. The yards weren't really there. But if there was a 5% increase from Davis Mills and a 5% increase in his yards per target, and he picked up an extra couple hundred yards. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. What's his career high in yards? Somewhere around 1,200. I don't think he's ever been. I think he's been right around 1,100 for three of his seasons he's very consistent in terms of yards it's 1150 no you know on pace for more than 1200 though in two of the last three seasons so that's something to keep an eye on for brandon cooks okay dave what do you think brandon cooks upside is then we'll move on he can be a top 20 fantasy receiver in ppr i don't think he can be a top 12 guy last year was just another example of how he's been consistently inconsistent eight games with at least 15 PPR points. He played 16 games. So half the time he's going to be good, if not very good for your fantasy squad. I don't think he's got the potential to be elite where you're going to start him and say, all right, there's 20 PPR points for me every single week. But he may do last year with a rookie quarterback and a bad quarterback on a bad team that was constantly trailing. I think the the rookie quarterback, he looked better to me when he came back for his second run as the starter in Houston. And I would imagine that they're going to build off of that and they're going to surround the offense with a little bit more. I did get a question in to Lovey Smith while I was there. Has nothing to do with Brandon Cooks, but they're, I think they are working very quietly at trying to just move in the right direction this year on offense so that they can be, I can't say like really competitive because they're, they're going to run into so many teams that are going to score 40 points on them. But they'll put up 24 a game. They'll be okay, and Cook should get a big chunk of that. I don't know what the Texans over-under is for wins or what it's going to be, but I am pretty sure that I'm going to be on the over. You love the Texans. I kind of do. Yeah, yeah. It's a um, I think they're going to play – I mean, obviously, they had a bad record. They're going to play a lot of bad teams. They play in maybe the worst division in football. Um, I don't know who the legitimately really good team is in their division. Well, it ain't them. I think it's Tennessee. Tennessee. Four and a half wins is their win total. Oh, can I do a parlay where I where I bet like get like plus six hundred to go double that? <laughs> Are you sure? You can do whatever you want. Okay, uh, we'll come back and do our top ten wide receivers with your two quarterbacks. Find out uh, is Brandon Cooks number two. I know Debo's going to be number one. Who's going to be number two? We'll find out. It is fantasy baseball draft season. I'm going to tell you the truth. I have been listening. I'm doing a draft right now. I'm in round six. and we have It's an untimed draft. It's going to take about a week and a half. We'll be done just before opening day. Uh, I have been listening to the Fantasy Baseball Podcast every time I'm in the car, and it is so good. They do such a great job. I'm listening, going back a month now to the position previews, uh, listening to the episode that they dropped last night or this morning. It's Tuesday. Uh, It's Sleepers Breakouts Bus 3.0. Learning a lot, getting some really good guys on my radar. You want to probably reach for Charlie Morton. Uh, Don't don't even look at his ADP. Take him in the fifth or sixth round. Justin Verlander, I was going to take him in the draft today, and Chris is in the league with me. Chris is on the podcast, the FBT podcast. He took him just before I could take Verlander. So uh, these are guys that that they like, but there's so many more. So many. Honestly, I'm, I'm a casual fantasy baseball player now. I don't know a lot of these names. Extremely helpful. Check out the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast, and it is great conversation. Terrific show. They're also live on YouTube at 11 p.m. Eastern, Sunday night through Thursday. They do night shows, 11 p.m. Eastern, Sunday through Thursday. Go ahead and subscribe to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast on YouTube 
or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, join our Facebook group. Search Fantasy Football Today on Facebook or click the link in the episode description. Chat with other fantasy football fans. You know, get your questions answered. We do polls in there, contests, things like that. Fantasy Football Today on on Facebook. Join it. I went to Dunkin' Donuts today, guys. I bought three different kinds. I sampled them all. I'm ready to rank my three favorite Dunkin' Donuts uh, donuts. Wait. Yeah. You had three don- three different kinds. Yeah. And now you have your top three. Yeah, I knew. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about all the other kinds you have? How do you know I've these are your top them. three? I've had them. They're not- you are ready to rank three kinds that you had today. Today, How but about I, I, Adam I like having them. three donuts. No, I, I, I had. Like you're, you're putting in those calories early in the morning. I had half of each. So I had one and a half donuts. Uh, I guess that's a little better. All right. So I'm going to go chocolate frosted. Glazed, chocolate glazed. That's my order. Okay. I'll take chocolate glazed, followed by chocolate frosted, followed by glazed. They're really good. Really but good. I'm, I'm like, you know, I mean, I'm this okay. is like Boston cream from Jasmine. No, I wouldn't even consider it. I wouldn't even try it. Jelly, like disgusting. I don't oh, need things in the donut. I don't Once need things a year. In the donut. You gotta have a Boston <laughs> cream donut. Every single time that you have brought up as Jasmine comment to disagree with it, I have agreed with her. And <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's move on. Dave, you went to the owners' meetings. You uh, yeah. sat on the beach at the Breakers. Must have been beautiful. Eating donuts. Eating donuts. How? Uh, what? You got a scoop for us? You got anything juicy other than a jelly uh, donut? I, I I do have something juicy, but first something kind of funny and interesting happened uh this morning i got there early before the sun came up and you're not going to believe this but when the nfl has one of these big meetings they have it at like these luxurious five-star hotels in amazing locations (laughs) they don't have it at the holiday Inn express at the airport so this place uh it's called the breakers it's right on the beach in palm beach you walk out you walk through the building and you walk out the door and you're right there on the ocean. And I'm watching the sun come up and I look to my right and there's a guy walking. He's got a briefcase. He's got a jacket on. I look at his face. It's Roger Goodell. And so I say, good morning. Cause I know who that is. And he says, good morning back. And I don't know why I said this, but I said, you good. <laughs> <laughs> what? And he's like, yeah, how about what? you? I said, I'm good. Thanks. And, uh, you know, we gave each other a quick little mental health check and he went on his way and I continued to watch the sun go up. And that's how my day started. That was really the, nice of you. Meet him. That was really, you checking it on, on Roger Goodell. That was really nice. Of okay. You. So, but you, you asked for juicy stuff. I've got some good stuff. And I think the biggest thing that I learned was that Pete Carroll voluntarily told the media that Rashad Penny is going to get the, quote, first shots, end quote, at running back. And he didn't just say, oh, Penny's going to get the first shots. Uh, There was a reporter who asked a question about Travis Homer. And Pete began his answer by saying, I'd love to talk about Travis Homer and Rashad Penny. And he gave about 15 seconds on Travis Homer and mentioned how bad Travis is at basketball. (laughs) And then he went on a good five minutes on Rashad Penny and how he has earned this opportunity. Hey, Heath. That is just exactly how every other opportunity Rashad Penny's ever had has gone before last season. <laughs> well done. 
Dave, sorry, your audio cut out right in the middle. My there. audio cut out? Where yeah, did yeah. you hear me last? You. So he had earned this opera. <laughs> he, he, Carol said that he earned this opportunity. He deserved this opportunity. His career rushing average is, is better than Gail Sayers and Jim Brown's career rushing average. YPC for life, Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, he says that all he could ask for is to have a one, two punch with Penny and Chris Carson. He also said that he thinks Chris Carson's going to make his way back. Um, but really doesn't know for sure until training camp. And so I'm hearing all this and I immediately, like I, I put my hand up and Pete, Pete, What's your plan then? Because you know that you've got to, you know, how do you balance Rashad Penny's history with what you're saying? And at first he started to brush off my answer. He was like, really well, we're going to balance it really well. And then like, I was like, seriously, like, how do you, you know, that this guy has gotten hurt every year. And he, he gave an answer about how they do intend to, you know, keep track on him and make sure that he's only got so much work in training camp. But he also understands that that's the nature of the beast of the running back position. And that's how they've been for year after year after year. And they're, it looks like they're riding with Rashad Penny and he's going to be the, the Seahawks running back that you're going to want to target first in fantasy drafts and hearing what he had to say about Chris Carson, man, that made me want to not draft Chris Carson a, because he's not going to be the the guy getting the first shot B because he might not even get the chance to play. And I think that'll be further magnified if the Seahawks draft a running back, because if they draft a running back, I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain it's to replace Carson, if not to have a guy ready to go in case Penny gets hurt. I say in case. Yeah. You guys know. 28 games missed, something like that, in four years. So let me throw out some, some rankings here. because Looking at NFC ADP again, just in the last two weeks, I thought maybe he would have moved up because since, since February 1st, Penny was RB31. But in the last two weeks, Penny's actually... Yeah, RB31, same exact spot. Uh, he is behind Clyde Edwards-Elair. Would you rather have Clyde or Penny? Clyde. I've got Clyde ranked higher as of now. There's one running back between them in my PPR rankings, and that's Travis Etienne, who I think could catch a ton of passes. Um, a lot of talk about Edwards-Elair at the owners' meetings as well, just because the Chiefs signed Ronald Jones and – that, that seems like somebody who could take running downs work away from a running back who's had a lot of running downs work in his first two years in Kansas City. Now, I have not spoken on the Ronald Jones acquisition, I don't think, on the podcast. Um, I thought that was good for Clyde. They Ronald Jones is not taking Clyde off the field on passing downs. That's been the thing that's crushed his value in fantasy is Daryl Williams stealing these 40 or 50 catches. If they're going to have a one to, I agree. I think Ronald Jones might have sixty percent of the carries. In fact, that's what I've got it projected for. Oh wow! But I think this probably. I think Ronald Jones is a better runner than Clyde is. I think he'll definitely handle short yardage. But I think there's a chance now for Clyde to catch 50, 60 passes, and that's what we thought he was really good at coming into the league. Was kind of as an airback. So I I liked I would rather now I think there's still some risk because nobody's signed Daryl Williams or Jarek McKinnon and I'd be a little worried if one of those guys got signed because last year the Chiefs thought they were better at passing downs than Clyde was but if it's Ronald Jones and Clyde I I think um, PPR wise it might be Edwards Alaire's best season. So it, would your answer change Penny versus Clyde in non or half PPR? Not for me, but I would have Ronald Jones and Clyde ahead of Penny. 
I think one thing to keep in mind with Jones is a little mistake prone, as we know. He's got uh-huh. seven career fumbles. Clyde has two. Uh, maybe that's lost fumbles, but I th- yeah, I think it might be lost fumbles. But um, fumble both? No, no. I think he's got two fumbles in his career, and Jones has seven. Of course, Jones has played more seasons. Uh, okay, uh, well, let's uh, move on here, and we'll get to some news and notes in just. Well, a wait, minute. you want more from the meetings, or yes, you just wanted the? Well, yeah, yeah, I have but, a few but other I, things but, to. Sure. I know, but I do want to get to the crux of the show, which is the receivers. So let's go kind of give, okay. me some, give me some bullet points. The bullet points. John Harbaugh told me that and told everybody, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are candidates to start training camp on the pup list. That would make sense. They're going to ease them back, both of them coming back from serious knee injuries. Um, but he anticipates them both being ready to go at some point. Uh, Harbaugh also said he doesn't care how the Ravens win games. They're not interested in... Uh, forcing themselves to be a run-first team. If that's what they're good at, that's what they'll do. It's kind of the standard answer that a coach gives. Kyle Shanahan said he could see a scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo stays. That would be weird, I think. The, the, the signs point to, and, and, and Shanahan mentioned this when talking about Brian Greasy as his new quarterback coach, is that their quarterback room now has so many good voices in it to help their quarterbacks along. I don't know if that's something Garoppolo really needs. So I still think that they're leaning toward trading Garoppolo. He's just got to have the shoulder surgery first. Uh, Frank Reich said that when he looked up Matt Ryan, or when he knew that Matt Ryan was a candidate to to be the quarterback for the Colts, uh, the first thing he looked up was his deep throws and his throws outside. His deep throws weren't so great last year. He didn't have many of them. His throws outside the numbers, not bad. Right around 65% completion rate. A lot of passes, again, 15 yards and shorter. So big questions about whether the Colts can push the ball with Matt Ryan under center. And then Lovey Smith, I told you that I talked to him. He told me to wait a little while before judging the Texans running backs. Not that anybody in fantasy is dying to have a Texans running back on their fantasy squad, but they're going to make some changes there. I don't think they're, uh, they have anybody on the roster that they're going to give a lot of work to, or at least they hope to give a lot of work to. Cool. Thank you. All right. So well, when we come back, we'll take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll give you some more news items and then get into ranking the top 10 wide receivers with sophomore quarterbacks. And we will end the show with our favorite Will Smith, Chris Rock memes. Because did anybody talk about that at the owners meetings? Anybody get yes, asked about that? That was absolutely a topic all what? over the place. Was it really? Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, no one, I don't think anybody was talking about it during the, the interview sessions, but like, you know, you're just standing around. Hey, see what happened at the Oscars. Yeah. You should have asked Pete Carroll about it. He would have said it's like the greatest slap ever. (laughs) All right. All right. We'll take a break. We'll be right back on fantasy football today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. More news items for you here. The Saints sign Andy Dalton, and they're going to use Taysom Hill mostly at tight end. So what do we know what we're going to do with Taysom Hill in terms of position eligibility? If the Saints are going to list him as a tight end, he'll be a tight end in our game. Is he going to be a fantasy-relevant tight end? No. I have a hard time believing he'll be a consistent one. And just because they list him at tight end doesn't mean that they can't use him as a quarterback a couple of times over the course of a season and that they can't use him as a running back a couple of times per game. Uh, yeah, I kind of – like I was thinking when they said they were going to list him as a tight end, then, you know, if something happens to Jameis, he could be the greatest tight end streamer ever that week. But with them signing Andy Dalton, I don't even think that would happen. No. <laughs> the Dalton signing kind of slams the door and Taysom Hill's face. Saints also re-signed Traquan Smith to a two-year, $6 million deal, but this is a team that's going to have two fantasy-relevant players, assuming Kamara's not suspended, Kamara and Michael Thomas. And yeah, no, I mean, Jameis, Jameis, I think, was 14th per game last year, even though he left one game early. That's really deceiving because yep. he had two massive games and some really terrible games, but he, yeah, he'll be in the streaming conversation. Uh, okay, Andy Reid said Ronald Jones is going to have a chance to be a major part of the offense. We already talked about that. Diana Rossini from ESPN says the Chiefs are looking to trade for a top receiver, which would be freaking awesome. Please let that happen. Denver head coach Nathaniel Hackett said he's excited to get the ball to Albert O. Albert O is going to kind of play a hybrid tight end receiver role. Going to be a lot of hype, guys. Yeah, so, I'm I'm not buying it. Uh, he He was very excited about all the players in the offense. Do they like? Are they going to go four wide regularly? He's going to play, and they're going to sit Tim Patrick. Who they just gave this money to? And they're going to play Albert O at wide receiver instead of Tim Patrick. That sounds like a terrible plan. <laughs> Michael Gallup may not be ready for Week One. Ooh, wah, wah, yeah, it sounds like that. he'll miss the first few weeks of the season. The Giants are hopeful that Sterling Shepard can be back by August. The Patriots signed Jabril Peppers, starting a potential starting safety, to a one-year deal that could be worth up to $5 million. He's been a starting safety for the Browns and the Giants. Aaron Donald will be back with the Rams, according to Sean McVay. And the overtime rules have been changed, but only for the playoffs. You uh, Every team, each team will be guaranteed one possession in overtime. If it's still tied after that, then it becomes sudden death. So Love it. Yeah, great. Whatever. Can't can't stop Whatever. a team. You can't stop a team I, from marching down and scoring a touchdown. You don't deserve to win. Bam! I say. Well, and I think that we may come to find out that the second team has just as big of an advantage now as the first team had before. You get to go for two, right? Is that the you, you yeah. know that you don't? Yeah. yeah, you you know that you can't punt or that you can settle for a field goal or that you can go for two. Um, but we'll see. Right, you definitely defer. Right, you don't go first. I don't think you can choose to fur. Well, you, you definitely kick. You, you kick, and then the other team gets to choose the wind. <laughs> defer to the next overtime. No, you don't. You don't do that. <laughs> All right, our top ten wide receivers with sophomore quarterbacks. Number one, Debo. Yeah, it's Debo, and like I said on FFT and five, it says a little something about what we think about the um, the top ten wide receivers with second year quarterbacks that 
the first guy is first because he's going to kind of play running back. What if he doesn't play running back? What if they he's give him? Play running back. What if they give him two to three carries a game instead of eight, like they did at the end of the year? Then I would like Brandon Cooks more than him. <sighs> okay. They yeah. they love him. Shannon talked about him at the the annual meeting as well, and how they love getting the ball in his hands, and how he needs to sign him to a contract extension, all that stuff. Just nothing that was notable, I don't think, uh, for our purposes. But they're going to continue to use him in a multitude of ways. Okay, I know Brandon Cooks is second for Heath. Dave, who's He's second, second for me too? Okay. All right, so who's three? I've I have Elijah Moore ranked third ahead of Darnell Mooney. Um, I have Mooney ahead of Moore, but they are right in the same area. So Mooney's three for you? Yes. Okay, so it's Debo, Debo, Cooks, Cooks, Dave has Moore, Heath has Mooney, and then and, at four, I, it's the I the think switched. the Moore Mooney one might be as simple as who spends the higher draft capital on a wide receiver. Um, if the Bears take a first round wide, they don't have first round pick. If they take a wide receiver before the Jets do, then I think that it'll probably be more over Mooney for me. All right, let's get into this debate a little bit here. Schrager, you want to do a little YouTube poll? Darnell Mooney versus Elijah Moore. Let me see what NFC has. I'll tell you in a second because I have toggled two running backs here. But Dave, as someone who had Elijah Moore ahead of Mooney, give me your reasoning. The reasoning is that I think he's got more upside than Mooney does. Not ready to say that Zach Wilson's a better quarterback, but I think he's going to be better protected. And I think that Elijah Moore has the versatility to his game where he could either replace Jamison Crowder as the slot guy for the Jets or work on the outside uh, on the other side of the field as Corey Davis and be just a, a good old target volume hog from Zach Wilson. I think part of the reason why Wilson uh, had a disastrous rookie year was because he didn't have good protection. The Jets have taken steps to try and improve that. And they've got a bunch of draft picks where they can make those improvements as well, including two picks in the top 10. We'll see how many of those go to the defensive side. I know Robert Sala would love to have that. But I think Moore is just, I, I think he's a little bit more talented. I think he's got the better hands than Mooney. And I, I think that there's going to be a little bit more opportunity for him as we sit here today. Well, I can't make as many Mooney puns as Dave made more puns in that discussion, but... Uh, I'll even go further. I think Elijah Moore has a lot more upside um, over the course of his career and is more, a lot more talented. The, the big thing for me is that the guy opposite Elijah Moore right now is Corey Davis, who Zach Wilson absolutely peppered with targets when they were both healthy. The guy opposite Darnell Mooney right now is Pringle. So until that changes, I just think Mooney's going to have a lot more targets than Moore is. Okay. Let's go to five. Who's ta- Who's number five? Dave. My fifth, after Debo Cooks, Moore, and Mooney is, I kind of feel a little gross about this, but I'm going to say it anyways, Christian Kirk. And I know that he's Mr. Un, he's unpopular in fantasy because he's never had a, a huge year. He's had some good moments, and he just got this ridiculous contract that I don't think he's really earned. But I do think that the Jacksonville offense will be better buttoned up this year. And I think Trevor Lawrence is a really good quarterback. And Christian Kirk has certainly the best chance of anybody in Jacksonville to lead that team in targets. And we know, A, the run game is a humongous question mark, and B, the defense is a big question mark. They might have to chase points. And here's 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 the new 
um, intermediate and downfield threat for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Kirk's fifth for me. I, I, I'm not going to reach for him in drafts, but I'm not going to you know hold my nose when I take him either. Borderline number three fantasy receiver with Trevor Lawrence taking a nice step forward. Yeah, I don't have any other wide receivers in the top 36 or in the first seven rounds, um, but I have Jacoby Myers, Corey Davis, and Christian Kirk all in round eight. Um, I, I'd lean Myers right now in full PPR just because catches count. And I think he's probably going to catch more passes than Kirk, but Kirk is almost an impossible guy for me to project right now because Trevor Lawrence, we thought was one of the greatest quarterback prospects of the last 10 years. And he was one of the worst rookie quarterbacks in the last 10 years. So how good is Trevor Lawrence going to be? What's this offense going to look like? Does Christian Kirk have any hope of being successful as a number one wide receiver as like the main target in an offense um so i i think there's a wide range of possibilities on kirk and he might have the most upside of the guys i have in this round but i think myers would be better in ppr we did see kirk as the number one guy in an offense i would i would say this past year when hopkins was out and well, he wasn't did- Zach Ertz the number one guy in the offense then I don't think so. He well, maybe he had fifty-eight targets in eight games without Hopkins. That included the game that Hopkins left with the and barely played. Remember the Green Bay game? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many Ertz had in, in those games, uh, but he was on pace for one hundred and twenty-three targets in seventeen games, ninety-one catches, one thousand twenty-nine yards, two touchdowns. That was his pace when he was when he didn't have so so in nine games that he played with Hopkins, Christian Kirk was on pace for eighty-five targets. In eight games without him, he was on pace for 123 targets. We did see him get a big bump in targets. You're right. He, he may have been second to Zach Ertz in targets per game. But we did see I don't know if it, it was probably the last eight games of the season, Ertz had 67 targets. It was not the last eight games. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. Okay. Uh, anyway, but in, but in those eight games, only 58 targets for Kirk. Whatever. Um, okay, so there, so there is that. He was pretty good. He didn't score the touchdowns, but he, he was solid. And I, I do think that, you know, this is a quarterback in Lawrence that, I mean, nobody's going to disagree with this, obviously could make a huge jump. And Kirk, I think, would be the biggest beneficiary of that. So I am sort of interested. I mean, I think it's, yeah, no matter what, he's going to be overpaid. So that's a different discussion. Oh, yeah, it doesn't can, matter. Can he return right. we, You don't lose fantasy points for a receiver being overpaid. Yeah, I just, I've just i kind of crapped on the signing, so I don't want to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but I do think you could get some pretty decent return at round eight for Christian Kirk if he's the number one receiver for Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence does what Mahomes did. Not, not to the same degree, but what Mahomes well, and Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray and Joe Burrow all did and take a big step in year two. I think the Zach Ertz point, though, well, I didn't even mean it this way when I said it, but it's relevant because... Doug Peterson's leading pass catcher was generally Zach Ertz. And so is the is the number one option for Trevor Lawrence going to be Evan Ingram or Dan Arnold? Well, the Jaguars are going to keep losing games if that's going to happen. No, that well, just the Jaguars are going to keep losing games. That can't be the case. You think you think one of them is going to lead the team in targets? I we've seen Evan Ingram lead a team in targets before. I think something something very wrong will have happened if yeah. that's the case. It could happen, but that's not a good thing. I, the, the Eagles never really had great wide receivers. They had Jeffrey. The Jacksonville always, Jaguars do not have great wide receivers. No, I know, but he was always in and out of the lineup. But they also don't have Zach Ertz. You know, the Zach Ertz was a great tight end. They don't have Zach Ertz. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
I I think if you just wanted an average tight end, they could have just stuck with Dan Arnold, and maybe he's better than Evan Ingram anyway. Maybe that's their point. But um, no, I don't. I, I mean, we've know. seen Ingram earn a bunch of targets in the past on bad offenses. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, right. And I, I can't. Mean, I can't vouch for Ingram. I can't do it. You have to take a leap that that. Jacksonville just much better offensively in Trevor Lawrence's second season. I, if you go back and you watch Week 17, remember we had Chris Trapasso on last month or whenever it was, Week uh, Week 18, sorry, the Week 18 game, Trevor Lawrence looked incredible, incredible. It's only one mm-hmm. game, but but Chris watched every Chris Trapasso watched every throw all year. Lawrence and said he got better throughout the year, and then in, he in Week 18 he had like a 95 grade on him or something like that, but. You saw these glimpses of playmaking ability and a clean pocket, by the way. It was very well protected in that game. Uh, hopefully that helps. They brought yeah. in Brandon Scherf. So anyway, I think we all see the appeal in Kirk. Now, now Heath said Kirk, Corey, da- Corey Davis, right? And Myers? Yes. I was just verifying something, and I just I, I need to put this out into the world so everybody doesn't think I'm just absolutely insane. Evan Ingram has two seasons with more targets than Christian Kirk's career high of 108. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that that matters, though. Does that matter? Well, there's a a large portion of the fantasy uh, community that will tell you that targets are earned. Yeah, Um, but does it matter? I I get that. I know you say that a lot, but... (laughs) but but like I said, I mean, Kirk was, when he didn't have Hopkins there, he was on pace for more than that, more than Ingram had. So he just hasn't had that opportunity. I think if he had been, I don't, I don't know, why am I making such a strong case for Kirk? I don't even like him that much. <laughs> I just I just don't think Evan Ingram is what holds back Christian Kirk. That, that That's, I guess, what I would say to sum up my I, And I'm just saying that when it just strictly in terms of earning targets, there's a reason to believe that he might like the team that Evan Ingram had 115 targets and 15 games on it had Odell Beckham on it. Didn't it? Not for that many games. It couldn't have been. (laughs) Well, I'm serious, right? I mean, he's, he was a guy who had a a big difference in targets when Beckham was playing or not. And I don't remember all the specifics. I guess we could look that up. All right. So you had those three, you had Myers in what order? Myers, Kirk Davis, Corey Davis. I had Myers, Kirk, Corey Davis, but again, they're all all the same. Yeah. Five, six, seven in Heath's rankings. Myers, Christian Kirk, Corey Davis. Dave, so you have Kirk fifth. Who are six and seven for you? Kirk is fifth. Brandon Ayuk is sixth. Then Jacoby Myers is seventh. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Man, Ayuk for you, Heath? I can't... um, he is one of those guys that if I ever rank him in my top 48 or even top 60, it will just be because I just said I'm going to ignore the projections. Because I don't know how you take an offense like the one we expect the 49ers to have, which is amongst the most run-heavy, if not the most run-heavy in football, and we believe they have a top 12 wide receiver and a top four or five tight end, Brandon Cooks is getting table scraps. Brandon Ayuk. Brandon, Brandon Ayuk is getting table scraps and probably from a quarterback that's not going to be amongst the most accurate in the NFL. Okay, so Dave, make the case. Make the case for Ayuk. You have him sixth. 
It's upside. It's it it's based on him being able to have some good efficiency and the 49ers being able to throw with moderate efficiency. Obviously, Trey Lance um, needs to take a lot of steps to be looked at as one of the best quarterbacks, uh, one of the best quarterbacks on this list, much less in his own division. But I think that there's some potential for it. I like that it's going to be Ayuk's third year. I like that Ayuk has been working out with Trey Lance in Southern California. Lance has been getting some help as far as getting him ready to go for the season. And what if it's not Lance? What if it ends up being Jimmy Garoppolo in some crazy messed up world where there's still going to be, uh, I don't know about good target volume for Ayuk, but it'll be okay. Then we have to re-record the, the podcast. About, <laughs> what's up? Then we have to re-record the podcast because that, because Garoppolo is not a year two quarterback. Yeah, Ayuk wouldn't even qualify for the top ten if it yeah, wasn't. Okay, if so it then he wouldn't even have to make this list if that were to be the case. Or Debo. But that that that's baked in a little bit. I'm still expecting Lance to be the quarterback there. More importantly, I feel like with Jacoby Myers, you're getting Sterling Shepard. Like the last couple of years of Sterling Shepard where he'll get you 10 PPR points. He'll have a couple of weeks where he gets you around 16. But he he doesn't he doesn't carry the upside that I'm looking for um, in the back half of the draft. Corey Davis might end up having more upside, but if I think that Elijah Moore is the better receiver for the Jets, then I'm I'm gonna put him ahead of Corey Davis in terms of targets and in terms of coming through with more fantasy points on a per game basis. But but I think like I think the Davis versus the Ayuk example is a good one because Davis doesn't have George Kittle. And I think Zach Wilson might throw a hundred more passes than Trey Lance this year. And I don't think we're projecting as many targets for Elijah Moore as Debo Samuel. So I think there's a bigger role there for Corey Davis than there is for Brandon Ayuk. I don't know what it is, but I just have no interest in Corey Davis. And it's probably because I do in the late rounds. I'll, I, I think he's a tremendous double digit round pick. Zach Wilson's going to have to obviously be a lot better. And then he could be the number two guy there for sure, which would be wonderful. Um, yeah. So I just want to say this you know, if you're talking about Jacoby Myers and his upside, he hasn't really shown any upside because he very rarely scores, but he does catch a lot of passes. Toward the end of the year, he was pretty consistently about 11 or more PPR fantasy points. Someone you can use. Not going to win you the league, but but can you, you can use. But, you know, Mac Jones, he had... Mac Jones, this guy has a reputation of being a dink and dunk, never throw the ball downfield guy. He, he had the 12th most pass plays of 20 plus yards, just behind Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert and Jimmy Garoppolo. He had the 16th most pass plays of 25-plus yards, just behind Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurst. He only had one pass play of 50-plus yards. That's kind of a big thing. They don't have those explosive plays in the offense. Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford led the NFL with 12 and 10 50-plus yard pass plays, respectively. Mac Jones had one. But his air yards per pass attempt, I think, was 12th in the NFL. And he was top 15 or 16 in 20-plus yard passes, 25. So... I don't. I, I, what I'm saying is, you know, we say Trevor Lawrence has this, you know, ability to go to take the next step. Before Mac Jones even took a snap, everybody capped his upside. The fans, the draft analysts, like everybody just capped his upside, basically. But he was not. I don't understand why he has this reputation of never throwing the ball downfield. The stats don't back that up at all. So maybe Mac Jones is better than everyone's giving him credit for. That's at least my perception, not Patriots fans. But my perception is nobody thinks he's that good. Everybody thinks he's kind of just like has basically no ceiling, a very low ceiling. Uh, 
but maybe we're discounting the Patriots wide receivers because we're discounting uh, Mac Jones's potential. What do you think? No, I think you've got a point. And I, and I wonder if the Patriots kind of learned that about Mac Jones last year was that he was able to push the ball downfield. And I wonder if they're going to try and do a little bit more uh, to help him in that regard. Yeah. I, I, I don't look, I, and if I don't they, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. If they do try and help him in that regard, that's not going to be good for Jacoby Myers. That'll be better for Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, there's talk that John U. Smith is going to get another chance to contribute to the offense. So I, I don't think that helps Jacoby Myers unless teams start really fearing the deep ball against the Patriots, and that opens things up underneath for Jacoby. Yeah, I don't love Mac Jones. I just think that the perception of him doesn't really match reality. I mean, he, people act like he's Jared Goff throwing the ball five yards downfield every time. He wasn't like that at all. Only Justin Fields, of all the rookie quarterbacks, I believe, only Justin Fields threw the ball farther downfield per pass attempt. And Justin Fields was second in the NFL, by the way. All right, so let's recap here. Debo is one. Cooks is two for both of you. Three and four are Elijah Moore, Mooney for Dave, Mooney, Elijah Moore for Heath. Five and six and seven. Who's eight for you, Heath? That might be. Is it IU um, by any chance? That would make things easier. I'm trying to scroll down and find eight. Um, it's... Probably it's IU. Okay, oh, perfect. All right, so five through eight is in some order: Kirk, Myers, Ayuk, Corey Davis. For Dave, it's Kirk, Ayuk, Myers, Corey Davis, right? And for Heath, it is it is Kirk, Ayuk, Myers, and Corey Davis. Yeah, and for Heath, it's Jacoby Myers, Christian Kirk, Corey Davis, Brandon Ayuk. So let's go to nine and ten. Dave, who's nine? Nine for me is Byron Pringle just on the hope that he falls into some good target volume in Chicago as their number two wide receiver. If this team adds a rookie in the draft, then Pringle will not be number nine, and then it'll be Kendrick Bourne. So currently it's Pringle nine, Kendrick Bourne 10, and Bourne would obviously make the list either way because I don't see the Patriots adding a a big playmaker at wide receiver, and I think Kendrick Bourne is kind of, I think, late last season did a good job of being a, a relevant target. He tar- targets earned, he earned a bunch of them from Mac Jones in the games where they needed to throw. Heath, 9 and 10. It's number 9 is LaVisca Chenault because dreams never die. <laughs> and maybe this offense will get good and LaVisca Chenault will be the number one wide receiver. I don't think Christian Kirk or Evan Ingram or Dan Arnold or Marvin Jones are going to stand in his way. He's going to stand in his own way. Uh, and then <laughs> number 10, I would say, is currently Nico Collins. Um, just on the hope that he develops a little more rapport and hits some big plays with Davis Mills. It's beautiful. All right, guys. Thank you for your top 10. Shraggy B, let's get the three or four best Will Smith Chris Rock memes. What do we got? Just scouring the internet. All right. Here's my favorite one it's always the impractical jokers. Now go up there and slap Chris Rock, and then they're cracking up about it. And uh, you could put any hilarious event with the Impractical Jokers. Do we have the Dak Prescott one, Schrager? This one I laughed at for a very long time after the playoff game. He'll get it. He'll get it. Uh, This is really great stuff for you all uh, who are listening. 
uh, the impractical jokers. Hey, Dak, run it up the middle with 14 seconds left and no timeouts and run the clock out to end the season. And then they're cracking up. And then he does it, and then they're cracking up. You guys watch Impractical we're not. Jokers? We're doing Impractical Jokers memes and not Will Smith memes, which I think is probably a better direction to take. No, the Will Smith memes are good. Here, here's, here, here you go. The Halls and Boughs of Holly. Right? You like that one? Um, to no. deck someone would apply to knock them down, I think. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> I, I I did a, a Google search five minutes before the show looking for the best Will Smith memes. All right, fine. We could kill the segment. Just kill the segment. Yeah, please. Forget it. Forget it. For more on Will Smith and Chris Rock, uh, listen to some other podcasts in the CBS Network. I'm sure we're covering it. So those are your top 10 wide receivers with sophomore quarterbacks. You think they'll have sophomore quarterbacks. Thanks to Dave and Heath and Traggy B and all of you for watching and listening. And uh, we'll talk to you Thursday with another episode of Mailbag. Fantasy football at CBSI.com plus your Apple podcast questions. And, uh, yeah, talk to you then. Have a good one. Later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.